Hey everybody, this is Keech from Here's a Podcast Here you Happy Now. Welcome to episode 77. What an exciting episode for hopefully you guys to listen to, but really for us to put out. We asked, you guys submitted all of the questions we could possibly ask for. It's incredible. You guys built this episode. It's pretty cool to have something that, that wouldn't exist without people participating. And that's what we have right here. I wish I could define the questions that were submitted to us with one word. I couldn't do it with 20 words. I mean, just a huge amount of variety. You guys are truly, truly some sick individuals, and I love it. I love it. So we hope you guys enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed making this episode. Genuinely, this was a blast. I'm not going to waste any more time. It's a longer episode because we wanted to fit every single submission we got in there. So break it up how you want, about 90 minutes. Without further ado, I see the red light. It's time to get weird and listen to how weird you guys are. Enjoy. What's up? It's Nick. It's Keegs. It's Here's a Podcast. Here you happy now, your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. Welcome to episode 77, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Or snake two snakes. Eyes. 69. Two snakes. Two snakes uh, uh, spooning. So, yep, yep, they're, they're spooning up. Snakes are, snakes are friends to each other and enemies to everything else. We have an exciting episode for you today. We are doing our special advice episode. Without further ado, want to announce our third party today, our guest, esteemed guest, Sam. Sam, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you, Sam. What we're doing today is we're going to do, we've had submissions for the past two weeks. They really heated up this week. We've had listeners submitting um, pieces of advice, questions, insults, harmful, harmful, very hurtful things that cut very deeply to our DMs and to our podcast Instagram, to our voicemails, to our texts. We appreciate you if you've reached out. What we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of a competition between two very qualified parties, Sam and myself, over who can give the best answer or piece of advice to whatever prompt we may have. And we have an esteemed judge. Judge? The Honorable Nikki Peepee is judging today. Uh, I will say I do have credentials for being a judge here. Uh, mm -hmm. One being is that I've written two advice columns for a collegiate newspaper in the past. I think, I believe the year was 2013, maybe 2014, maybe both years. Um, so I believe I have the relevant skills and judgment to preside over this competition. And, and you love to judge. I love to, I do. I actually think one of the biggest misperceptions about me is that I, I don't love to judge. I think from afar, people are like, he's not judgmental. He's a nice guy. And for those of you who know me well, they're like, yeah, he's like pretty judgmental and not as nice. This is the perfect, I think this is the, as this is one, a person who loves you deeply, I think this is one of the, the best um, environments for you to show off your judginess because it's kind of perfect you. It's like, you get to be super judgy, but there's really no consequences for it. Like the only people you're going to make feel bad are me or Sam. Right. Two of my like, best friends in the world. And you don't care. Like it. it's right. We can take it, you know? So it's, it's kind of perfect for you where you get to sit on the fence and throw rocks at other people, but you never have to really like, no one's ever going to hold you to what you say here, but Although they should. And I will, I will push for it and I will protest so get, I'm going to hold you accountable. So don't I feel think like there's a lot to unpack book. there about our friendship. And that's where Keegan thinks is my perfect spot. It's like never being held accountable for what I say. <laughs> like always and to judge your friends. Oh, yeah, I've got a whole list. I've got a whole list. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot in there. Uh, and you just lost a point. So <laughs> Sam is now up zero to negative on one. Top. I'm, I'm documenting it protest. now. Before we get in, I would like to 
talk about the criteria for how we're judging this event. I also think we should be sharing sort of the credentials of both of our contestants. Keegan, would you like to talk about sort of where, what you bring to the competition and what you think your opponent, uh, Sam, brings? Absolutely. I'm extraordinarily judgmental. I think everyone knows it about me. Um, that's it. I'm very passionate. I'm passionate. Yep. And I get mad easily. Yeah, I think that's it. Just fiery. Sam, quickly, can you give your background and credential here? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm a therapist, which is not a professional advice giver, counter to popular belief. But I think I'm good at listening people to people, hearing them out, and uh, helping them figure out what they want to do. And um, I think I'm much more level-headed than Keegan. Excellent. So this should be very easy. I love it. I, this is fantastic already. Moving forward, I just want to talk quickly about how we're going to go through and score this because obviously giving advice, answering questions should be a competition always. And we are looking at answers for questions, uh, responses to advice, or even just matters of preference with three major pieces of criteria as deemed by me, the judge. First, clarity of argument and relevance to the question important that we don't just go off on very random tangents. There's some serious posturing going on right now and I love it. Two, arguably the most important of the criteria, while they are all rated, weighted the same, think about that, is zest, pizzazz, and joie de vivre. It's very important that we hear passion in the arguments that we get, creativity, uh, and you'll be scored as such. And the third, of course, with any judge, as they say in law, is the it factor. Uh, whether I like it, whether it's got that certain little, <clears throat> it's got the little spiciness to it that's going to make me choose. For every question, I'll be thinking on about those three pieces of criteria and giving a point to who I believe has the better answer. Fair? That's good. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. I believe joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. That's what I, that's what I said. I want to start, if, you, if you're both ready, I want to start quickly with six warm-up questions as submitted by... Oh, wait, do we get a prize? Great question. Thank you for following up and remembering. We do, in fact. Because I'm not doing this if I don't get a prize. Make it worth my while. It is very worth your while. You'll see that the winner, as deemed by the total number of points in the end, will be getting this friends are good for listening, listening, and listening, and listening mug. Oh, I love it. Fuck, that's oh, a good I want mug, it. man. I We're talking vintage Hallmark mug. I want. Oh my Q-Bears. God! It's got two different colors. It's got it's a yellow and purple. For those of you that can't see this because you're wow. listening, it's got a yellow and purple color scheme. Yep. This it's, is a 1986 a trademark Hallmark color wow. mug made in Japan. From 1986. How are you? How are you getting your hands on this? Oh, I have my ways. <laughs> I have I my it. ways. I want it. The mug is pretty sweet. Let's go. While I was going to defeat Sam handily before, now I'm. I have to embarrass him. I have to humiliate him. Yep. I'm sorry. I have no choice. Are you, are we all ready to begin? Born ready. Yes. Gavel, gavel, gavel. Ready. ready, judge. We'll fix that in post. Question one, are burps healthy? Keegan, answer. Yes. Wait. Yes, they are healthy, but you shouldn't ever release them. You need to swallow your burps. For the same reason as a cow, methane hurts the, because uh, cow burps are actually super harmful to the environment. They just found that out. It's not really cow farts, it's cow burps. We need cows to swallow their burps. We need you to do the same thing. If everyone's burping at the same time, global warming, kill the ozone, swallow your burps. Sam, I don't, even need, I don't even the full minute. Uh, yes, burps are healthy. Keegan's cow point, totally irrelevant. The, the 
damage there is we're producing too many cows to satiate us. But cows burping, that's a healthy thing that cows do. Let your burps out. Don't hold that in. It's bad for you. It's going to eat you from the inside. Just a quick, I just want to point out that Sam is vehemently anti-cow, clearly. I am pro-cow. I don't think we should be overproducing them to kill them. Anti-cow. Question number two, Sam. Does liking to burp mean I'm in love with my mom? I'd have to know a little bit more of the specifics of your upbringing to answer that clearly. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say no, not necessarily. Keegan, rebuttal? Yeah, this is the Oedipus, uh, Oedipus complex. Um, that's where you, you want to fuck your mom, kill your dad, and burp. You can look it up. Those are the end of the arguments. Great question. Question number three. This is just getting, we're getting into it. We're just scoring. We're getting points. From a very, very, this is, it's good that we have, I just want to preface this, a real diversity of submissions because you would think with a podcast of our sort of demographics, it would generally be young men um, submitting joke questions. This one actually came from an extraordinarily old man, which is nice. Uh, Just trying to keep up with the times. He wants to know, what does BB stand for in a text message? If someone says, thanks, BB. Keegan. It stands for broken beans, very similar to broken arrow, military term. Broken beans is, it's what you type when you fart, when you're texting. It's how you let the person know that you Thanks, have a... broken beans. <laughs> yeah, so it's why you put it, you usually don't put it in the middle of the text. You're usually putting it at the beginning of it, saying, okay, I farted, but I'm sending this text. Or you're sending, thanks, by the way, I farted. Just way shorter, so broken beans, kind of a code word. <laughs> Sam, rebuttal. You wouldn't argue that you're also supposed to hold farts in? I would say in, in context, BB would mean baby. Baby girl, baby doll, baby boy, my love. Thank you. I appreciate you. It's not how you spell baby, though. Just to point out. It's, it's a slang. I'll let Nick do the judging, though. Internet slang. I will. Yeah. Can I respond to the slander that was put against me for my... If uh, Clearly, Sam's not listening to my arguments. The whole myth was that it was cow farts that were producing methane. But I, what I'm saying is the majority of methane's in cow burps. It's just that's been proven. So um, I, think I don't... Just let your bodily functions happen. Don't try to control them. I'll bring that up later. I'm glad you brought that up because I agree. I will say in categorizing these questions, there was a whole segment of questions mostly about bodily functions. So there's going to be plenty of time in this debate to discuss the the role and importance of uh, bodily functions. Question number four. We're ramping it up. Would you trade an immediate family member for a perfect pet? Sam. I would would wish at times to be able to do that. Um, but no, I don't think there's any perfect pet. I think pets are a very important part of the family, but I wouldn't trade. I don't think I would trade family member for pet or pet for family member. You know, you, you get what you get with family. Keegan, rebuttal. Mm, yeah, I would trade. I would absolutely trade a family, an immediate family member for a pet for a number of reasons. One, there, I disagree with the fact that there's no such thing as a perfect pet, but what I more vehemently believe is that there is there are so many different plausibilities of imperfect pet that I just don't want to, have to deal with that. I just tried to raise a, a, a puppy baby and it was the worst. It's incredibly difficult. So what I would give to just have a, a, a puppy that is just perfect and is smart and kind of knows what it's doing right away, it's invaluable. And frankly, I've got too many siblings. Um, I love each of them. But when it comes down to it, like I'm 28. Most of them are in college or leaving college. So like, how often do I see them? Like, how much is it really going to affect my life if one, one of them is trading? suddenly? 
I don't know yet. I'd have to. I've got a couple possibilities. Is your mom? Listening? It would probably. No, she's not. Well, if she is. She needs to stop, mom. She's heard enough. Just because I just can I be absolutely clear about something, mom? Just because I don't say every episode you shouldn't listen does not mean that you should listen. So I just want to. It's it's an umbrella term that you should never listen to this podcast ever. But yeah, I haven't really decided yet. But it, I I'm leaning. I probably wouldn't trade Eli just because he's, you know, we're, he's closest in age. So I think it would probably, it wouldn't trade. And also like, so I can't go closest in age. I can't go youngest. That's mean. Have to be one of the middle three. Hallie, Ruddock, Brendan, sorry guys. One of you is going to, one of you is going to be a perfect bet. Interesting that you won't get specific on your answer. Next question. Moving on. Thank you for the answers. They're being logged. We're, we're, we're processing the data and, 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 and. Can I ask a clarifying question? So are you, are you going to give us are these warm ups? So these are being these are scored, but they're okay. we're moving in terms of these are the easiest questions you're going to get today. Are are you going? Are you just going to tell us who's the winner at the end? I was actually going to ask that at the end of the warm up. Would you prefer that I score it live or at the end tell you who's sort of just who I oh, think kind man. of came out? Okay. Okay. Is that fair, or okay. would you prefer to hear? You want to hear my? Actually, no. You should hear my answer in every question because I want I want people to know how you're leaning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout. Right now, we have a three to one lead in Keegan's favor, and mm. let me. I'll give you a little background. I might Sam, be so confident that I'm just going to smash this mug because I know I'm getting a new one in the mail. Sam came out very strong with our burps healthy and, and took that one uh, on relevancy and draw de vive. Does burping mean I'm in love with my mom? Keegan took. What does BB stand for? Keegan took for draw de vive on broken beans. Question four was the most competitive one yet. Sam won until Keegan named names. The fact that he called out three of his siblings that he would, in fact, trade. While he didn't name one, he certainly he made a hierarchy there. I got no heart. I got no heart. I will say that the fact that Sam has even won, has even won one of these, this whole thing is officially under protest. It that was close, but it just, it just proves that it factor can come from anywhere and at any time. Question five. Beef jerky prices are too high. What are you going to do about it? I think the question goes to Keegan first. This is a tough one. I think the, I have to answer, I have to answer, you know, according to myself, which is I'm just going to continue to buy the same amount of it. Beef jerky is one of those things where I, I could never, until I really thought about it, I could never really tell you why the price is high. It makes total sense. What am I going to, nothing. I'm just going to keep eating beef jerky for Sam. $6 a package. I've already got about one ton of beef buried under the ground, drying in my backyard. So Sam. I'm working on it. That's a point for Sam. Question six, the last of our warm-up questions. What's the difference between regular gas and premium gas? Sam. Premium gas gives you more of a vroom vroom for your fancy cars. Regular gas is, is for us plebes. Keegan? It's just to make sure you're not sleeping at the gas pump. You know, a lot of things can go wrong in the gas pump. You can smoke a cigarette. You can drive away with the gas pump still in it. You can drive away with the gas pump still on. You can wash your windows with the gasoline. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. It's important to ask a question right off the bat that a lot of people have to Google. I'm not going to name names on who has it, but I've heard from a lot of people that they have to Google what kind of car, what kind of gas to put in their car. So there's, there's no difference between them. It's a mind game. Follow-up question. Which do you guys use? Sam? Don't have a car, but if I did, it would be regular gas. Keegan? I'm not falling for Obviously this premium. This is tough. Tell, uh, well, I'm just saying, like... So you're no saying that me. there's no difference, but you would go for premium? I would take a bath in premium if I could. Then I have. Keegan, point. That's not good for you. We're getting into it. Next question. 
do you know how I can mount my TV? I heard Keegan was an expert. Keegan, you go first. This is super fucked up. And, but I also will say, uh, we got a lot of submissions. Can I just talk, I'll talk as a, here's a podcast, you're an official uh, board member right now, which puts me in an inherent advantage. Um, we got a lot of submissions about TV stuff. So I think we're group, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, are we grouping them into this one question or are there more TV follow-ups? This is grouping into one question. Okay. So this is, so if you submitted a TV question, this is kind of your, your moment in the sun, you fucking assholes. Uh, yes, I am. I would say I'm, I am an expert now. I think if you're asking someone to sit, like, you're looking, you're talking to Ernest Shackleton about going to the Arctic, you'd want to know that he'd been stuck in the ice before. Like, you think people, I, I, people would have been more comfortable with Shackleton leading the expedition, knowing that he went through hell, he went through an ice storm, he spent, you know, months and months and months just locked up there. That's why you want me. You don't want some, some person who's just reading the instructions for the first time. I had three different things that I had to put together. I had the TV stand. I had the sound bar mounting mechanism, and then I had the mounting mechanism for the TV stand to put it all together. It's a lot of different instructions to varying degrees of specificity. I, I like that was my that was my battle of the bulge. That was my Vietnam. That was my moment to go through hell, you know, crawl under the wire to have bullets whizzing over my head. And I came out the other. I came out the other side of it. Now I know what can go wrong. I built my book. How long did it take me to build my bookcase afterwards? Three hours. Should have taken it long. Probably not. But it. 27 hours less than it took me to build the TV stand. Sam, do you know how I can mount my TV? Is that an answer? Uh, yeah, you know, I also just moved. And the reason that no one is having a big up, upcomings about everything that I had to put together is because I just followed the instructions and I did it right the first time. Can we compare, I mean, can we compare TV setups? Because like, if, if we're comparing sculptures and his answer is like, well, it only took me five minutes and mine's like, well, it took me four weeks, but I made a Michelangelo. Then it's not really a fair, you know. There was one clearly shown step in the instructions that you didn't follow. He can't comment on that. He didn't see the instructions. As I've mentioned before, there were 36 pages of instructions between the three things. The Sam, one more anywhere. rebuttal, then, then we score. The three things aren't even all a TV Sam. That's just- Point Sam. This thing's under protest. This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is, are you guys in the same room We have right to now? move on. This is primetime TV. We can't, we have to cut to commercial soon. Your oh answer was God. just do it and fail. Try and fail, but. I, but eventually succeed. Or just succeed. Nick, you'll rue this. You'll rue this day. Consider Look, this a threat. Consider bailiff, this a threat. Bailiff, that's <laughs> threatening the judge. Overruled. <laughs> Question number eight. If I can play video games, can I perform surgery or do magic too? Sam. Yes. Uh, yes. If you can play video games, you can do anything. There's, there's video games for everything. I'm sure there's a video game that talks, tells, walks you through magic. Surgery. I have some friends that are doctors or becoming doctors shortly. And I could beat them at video games. So I should be able to do what they do. Keegan. I'm going to say yes, but with everything that has to do with uh, medical matters, I would suggest you first do it on yourself. That's a, that's a fair response. I'll, a, uh, what about I'll, with magical uh, matters? You do magic on yourself. Easy. Easy. Keegan, you were you going to a la something? Yeah, a la um, Master and Commander. So I will say quickly, I'm giving this to Keegan. 
but I need to, we need to have a, a quick recess. Keegan is playing to the judge. He's making a lot that's of not, That's not fair. That is not, you cannot pretend <laughs> that I don't love Master and Commander. No, no, no. And I'm not. I just want to make sure me. that, I want to make sure that all parties are, are, are privy to the fact that obviously Sam's playing to the no, judge Sam's will Sam's known you for longer. I'm Sam's saying known it, you it for can longer. get you points to make Shackleton references or Master judge. and Commander references. Everyone knows I loved Endurance. My dad read it to me when I was a kid. It's a great. I novel. didn't. I actually did not know that. My Shackleton. It's crazy that you didn't give me that. It, it, I mean, it doesn't matter clearly, but because you made a you terrible choice yet. on that. I don't know any. Which is super fucked up. But yep. Either way, uh, just to give a quick points update, we've got three for Sam, eight for Keegan, I believe. Eight for Keegan. That seems like a lot. That sounds that about right. Like a lot. Three, four, five for Keegan. I really? do. Can I, I really? I want to. I want to give an official protest against the TV, the judges deeming on the TV issue. The obviously the ideal answer here. Can I give an official protest? I don't want to hold us. I mean, I want to follow the rules of the court. We'll but I will it. say, we'll allow it. He's All already right. in. I just want to say, obviously, the ideal is following the instructions. That's a, that's a given. But if you go into a, if you're moving or building something like Sam, from the look of your TV, I'll describe it. It's a good looking TV, but it looks like it's just standing on a TV stand. It's not mounted. Okay. So at any point, I just want to say I could have given up and built my TV to just stand with the sound bar on the table. I could have done that. I did not. I stuck with it. I could have given up at any moment. Instead, I spent an entire day on the phone with Best Buy. I turned to every rock. I did everything possible. I was transparent and showed it to the world because I wanted other people to not have to follow my mistake. And I owned up to it. I owned, I could have said, oh, you know, there was this bar, that, the thing was defective. I showed that there was, a, there was a piece of instructions that was missed. It was a clear, it was a clear detail. I explained that. But I think the point is, is obviously when you're building anything, you want to follow the instructions. I, this is a weakness of mine that I always happen to miss a, a, a very detailed instruction. This has bit me in the butt in the past. It's a weakness of mine. But I, this is an official protest because I think, you know, just follow the instructions is obviously. I agree that it's valiant that you walked through your, your efforts here. One, one sidebar is why would you get a TV stand that you also then have to mount the TV? Why, why not just mount the TV into the wall if you're going to have to mount it into something anyway? Well, the reason you mount it, you don't mount it into a wall is just because you can, you can build the TV stand yourself. Like I wouldn't ever be. I'm not comfortable enough to mount anything in a wall, especially when I, in a place like I'm renting. I like, cause I know that the fucking, all the drywall is going to come out. But couldn't you get a TV stand that your TV just stands on? Yes. And so this stand is, is a, it's a versatile one. The argument is like, if it's the, the, I could build the TV stand two ways. I could do the TV stand where, um, because the center of the TV stand, sorry, this is bad radio. The center, what holds the TV, the arm is like the center piece of the TV stand. You build around that. And so there's like an 18 inch one, which would just be the three shelves. And then there's the 40 inch one, which then holds the TV on a rotating arm at the top. So at any point I could have, and I almost did decide to go, you know what, I'm going to disassemble this whole fucking thing, give up and just have my TV be freestanding on this TV stand. It's a console that's very versatile. You can go to, and that's probably why there was so much hardware and so many instructions, is you could build the thing four different ways. Like the instructions I got caught up on were for three different types of TV, flat back, obstructed back, or round back. This really seems to relate to my pre-pod comment that Keegan loves misery and put him through this. 
because I, I just will never give up. You can look, you know what? You're right. If the, if the correct, I'll say this, if the correct answer, the answer that gets you points on this is to give up and take the easy road, then give Sam the points. I won't, I refuse them. In fact, I refuse these points. That that's clearly, that that's, clearly where this, that's clearly where this court is leaning. Don't so I refuse the, the points. The ruling stance. Yeah, I don't want these points. The legal basis for both arguments for Keegan's is, do you know how I can mount my TV? By never giving up. Sam's, by following the instructions. I will say, by the end, I did follow the instructions and I did mount the TV. The, the ruling stance. So, we appreciate, yeah, the, appeal, we appreciate the, the appeal of the ruling stance. I don't, yeah, I, I don't want the points. You should be confident. I don't want them. Are we ready to move on? I don't know. I'm ready. In terms of, in terms of my view of this, that question never even existed. It's the, the, the point stands. Yeah, that's fine. I, again, I don't want those points. They're not mine. They're dirty. The next question, I believe to Keegan, what were the 80s really like? 80s were terrifying for a number of reasons. Sam? I'm not done. I'm not done. It was a pregnant pause. That was a very pregnant pause. A pregnant pause. That was, that was, we had a lot of things going on. We had a lot of things going on in the 80s. Okay. We are fresh out of, we are fresh out of crazy stuff. This is, we're seeing a lot. We're seeing diplomatic relations go through the roof. We're all over the place. We're becoming a superpower. All this shit. It's all coming together. The big difference between the 80s and now, I mean, we were scared in the 80s, AIDS epidemic, all this shit going on. I think it was great to be uh, a, like a, a white guy who identified as straight who loved cocaine. Everybody else, it kind of sucked to be in the 80s, I feel like. Um, I think that's something we're coming to terms with. I think the big difference between the 80s and now is like now we're afraid of everything, but we're also like we know we're in the future. So it's just normal. Like it's very normalized to have futuristic stuff. Like we have phones where you touch the screen and that's, that's where the buttons are. In the 80s, we were in the future, but we were like, let's lean into this whole future thing. Like let's not make being in the future casual. Let's make being in the future a cool thing. So that's why we got these crazy crazy robots going on robocop great creation of the 80s it's all going on you know giant phones oh we got cell phones let's make them huge we want everyone to know we've got a portable phone not casual that's what the 80s were like nick thanks for asking good response sam yeah yeah that's a good that's a good question i think uh so so i'll agree with keegan in that like i think for for a white man like we are in this room the 80s was probably i, I won't come on the cocaine but the 80s was probably a pretty good time to be you could like get a job and work and like buy a house you know have a family around our age i don't know about your guys parents but certainly i think like you know we could could get through college student loan debts lower but also there were a lot of other things that weren't being addressed you know like race and racism like all of this existential dread that we've brought into the 2020 the year 2020. So I think if you wanted to ignore existential dread, then the 80s was a good place to be. I think if you want to grapple with that, as we all must be doing right now, then, then 2020 is your year. Those were both very good answers. I'm giving the point to Keegan because there was some X factor and some, and some spunk, but I will say both good answers. That was not an easy decision. Sam, the next question goes to you. In what situation would I ever use the delicate setting on my washing machine? For your thongs um i think that's it i don't i don't know i don't know do you thongs have any doilies only. do you have any doilies doilies and thongs only <laughs> doilies and thongs i mean 
I don't use the delicate setting. I put it all together. You get the colors, you get the whites, as long as they've been washed before, you put it all together in one thing. I think the delicate setting is like premium gas. It's unnecessary. Excellent answer. Keegan? That's the setting you use to wash your mom if she gets dirty. Like, let's say you're out at a park. Um, you know, it's very muddy outside and you guys are tossing the pigskin and then uh, you get up, we're kind of rolling around in the mud. Um, I guess it's a fall day. It's, it's wet. And um, you'd go home covered in mud and you would, you'd wash your clothes on normal, but then to get your mom clean, you'd put her on the delicate setting because you, you don't want it to be too vicious. Um, but you kind of want it just more of like, she's just soaking and kind of a gentle, like you want the water to kind of be almost massaging her like a gentle tide, like a gentle midnight tide and, and not so much like, like the perfect storm. That's a point for Sam. Keegan, your answer made me very, very uncomfortable. I'm worried for your mom, Keegan. I mean, there was a question asked and I answered it. That's so. fair. Uh, this next one gets a little personal. So I'm looking for oh. personal answers. Keegan, to you, what's the weirdest song or movie you've answers. had sex to? All right, this is a good one. Um, and then I, when I, you can just, we can decide, but I want to talk about Nick's answer to this because I, I want to guess it. I think I know it. You definitely know it. Um, but I'll do that after you give the, after you, you give the, the point to me, um, after Sam gives his answer. Um, my, my, the weirdest movie I've had sex to would be the 2010 remake with Chris Rock of Death at a Funeral. <laughs> That's pretty good. 2010, so senior year of high school, paints the picture. Yeah. Or was it, was it, it wasn't in 2010, was it? Uh, it was, I mean, no, we watched it on a computer. So I think it was, I think it was probably, I probably saw it in 2011. But it's, you know, you, you got the idea of what I was like at that time. How's the movie? Bowl cut. Um, first quarter of it was solid. The rest of it was sex. Not the right. I mean, I didn't have. Oh, oh, we talk, oh. <laughs> this is three quarters of a movie. Two thousand eleven. So let me rephrase it. Movie. The first, the or first like quarter of it was of pretty solid. Then I would say the next forty forty sixth of it was sex, and then I think we didn't watch it anymore. I think I probably fell asleep. I'm lucky if I make it one quarter of a movie. Anything. Nothing gets me. Nothing gets me hornier than funerals. Sorry, was what I really meant to say. Sort of, yeah. Sort of gets the my what my answer to that question would be. Um, <laughs> Sam, what do you do you have a, something off uh, on hand? Yeah. So, so this is a question that I'll say Keegan certainly gets an advantage by having already known what this question was in advance. That's true. But what came to my head also around 2010, 2011, similar similar time to Keegan. This movie was certainly not an aphrodisiac. Human Centipede. Oh, wow. College visit, you know, spend some time. And for some reason, Human Centipede was on the zeitgeist of what's going on. And it felt like obligated to watch Human Centipede, but also it was the only time for sex. And let me tell you, it, it didn't, it wasn't helpful for the sex um, and ended up We've had better sex. It's very hard to get me off of my sex, but those thoughts were not helpful. For you powered through? 
Uh, not entirely, but you know. <laughs> not entirely. <laughs> did you t- did you turn the movie off? We turned the sex off. The movie was on. Wow, that's that actually only bolsters Sam's argument that <laughs> I think if they had stopped having sex, I would have given the point to Keegan. I mean, if they had stopped the movie, I would have given the point to Keegan. But they kept the movie. Uh, they kept the yeah, movie. I, mean, I think he, I think you would judge the same way. I I have. To, I mean, it's that's such a on brand movie for me for for what I'm doing here, and that's it's upset. It does make a lot of sense with your it, your sexual proclivities make a lot more sense now. It's true. That point goes to Sam. Uh, that brings yeah. our score to six to five in Keegan's favor. But heating up, Sam, a little comeback. Can I? Can I? Um, that's a crazy movie to have sex to. Um, can I guess yours, Nick? Idea. You can't guess mine. Yeah. Okay. Is it Modest Mouse? No. Is it The Antlers? It's The Antlers. Yeah. Okay. See, I I always <laughs> I knew that you did this, and I just was convinced it was The Antlers for a while, and then this morning I woke up and I because when I saw this question. I didn't think of mine. I immediately was like, well, I know what Nick's is. Um, yeah. Both are very good questions. Both are very good guesses because the first one is very within the realm of the possibility, but I don't have any major. Actually, it's incredible that you remember that because there is something relevant to Modest Mouse, but uh, no, the most shameful and like, you know, take me out of it was listening to the 2009 album Hospice Kettering. by the Antlers oh, Hospice. in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, That's an album, Kettering is a song fully about uh someone dying cancer. of cancer yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it was it was not like sad antler sex either this might be going too far but i just really want to die this was like yeah. this was like uh yeah okay yeah <laughs> no no you feel free to go far yeah but... like this this wasn't this wasn't this was like aerosmith sex this wasn't like dude awesome aerosmith reference sex. yeah well i mean it's just like that's the two you know like because antlers i feel like isn't because my point with modest mouse is like I was I was looking at it today because I woke up and suddenly I was like, well, maybe it was Modest Mouse because there are Modest Mouse songs and albums that you could easily fall into the trap of having sex to and suddenly the song changes like uh, bad news for people who love good news. I mean, maybe I'm, ex- maybe I'm reversing that. There's some sort of like float on, as, you know, the, I've got it pulled up. Blame it on the Tetons. The good times are killing me. Yeah. Float on the world at large. These, those are all songs that like, especially like my personal like as i said funerals make me horny they're like seriously like i don't know it's kind of sad like indie music that you'd have quiet gentle you know sex to, and that's not what my impression of what you did with the antlers yeah the antlers was something that came on and it was just i think much to the human centipede thing it was just like it speaks to just the desperation of the age of like it was 2012 you know i was 19 years old and yeah no matter, I didn't have the I didn't have the smoothness to turn the music off or change the music at the time. I was like, I could screw this all up, so I have mm-hmm. to leave it on. Right. Very stupid. Yeah, because that's that's and that's the tricky thing about. I feel like Spotify was in things we were on we were on our eye. It was a little more difficult to make playlists. Hell yeah. And so very sure. easy to like if I'm listening to Float On, suddenly we're in Ocean Breed Salty. That's fine. But then we're in Dig Your Grave. Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, now we're in a weird modest mouse phase. And I've always had a thing for that quick tangent because my high school girlfriend, like I was not very into music in high school. Like I was very slow to own CDs or anything like that. When people talk about CDs, they owned like, I think I owned an Eminem CD and a Green Day CD that was a gift. And it was not the good album um, or one of the good albums. So I was not very versed in music until like I was probably leaving high school. 
So like my junior year, I was introduced to Float On by Modest Mouse, which obviously if you're a junior in high school having a really sad year, you're like, oh my God, this song is awesome. Song it's is a really awesome. good song. My, my high school girlfriend really like connected that song to a very, like not super like tragic, but like a sad camp memory of like, that was a song they all listened to at this camp that was super intense. And so I'd always be like, wow, this song's really good. Because like, this song makes me really sad. They need to turn it off because I cry every time I listen to it. And so I just like equate that now too. And now that's what I equate Float On to. I'm just like, well, somewhere this is making my high school girlfriend cry. Damn. Float On also has some real like uh, memory associated with it for me. Like I remember seeing it on VH1. Do you guys ever watch VH1? The music videos would always be on. And I remember seeing the video and being like, I really dig this. We got to take a quick pause. Keegan, you're frozen. Keegan frozen with one eye open. Keegan is frozen with one eye open. So let's, let's take a pause to maybe get a drink of water. What did I have sex to in high school? All I listened to was ska. I'll never, I'll never turn my back on ska. We lost you, Keith. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, my internet did something very strange. All right, the last thing I heard was VH1. Oh, it was just, yeah. Um, yeah, watching, my, watching Float On, the music video on VH1, as like my road to discovering that song was really, that doesn't happen that much anymore, where you turn on the TV and that was like a place for music discovery, you know? It was just that. commercials. What did you say? Only in commercials, like right. show soundtracks. I just think it's really funny that like there's a whole, like I think I kind of thought that it was too cliche to listen to like Marvin Gaye pretty like, or at least let's get it on, right? Like probably not in high school, but by the time I got out of college, I was like, all right, this is not, this is too like on the nose. I think but for that generation, right? It was like, wow, this is love making music. I just think it's really funny. It speaks to like sad white boy music that like for me, that's float on. Of like, wow, that's love making music. Sad indie music. <laughs> you know, just like, well, I'm a sad bearded white guy. So yeah. that's up. Sad indie love. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the years from 2006 to 2011 were peak sad indie music. Yeah, right, right. It and really for us, was. it's just, for me, it's impossible to, to pull that out of what I love. What music I love, music I wouldn't make love to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. maybe everyone has this where it's just like the music from like your late high school early college it's just it's so big you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I i agree with that let's should we get back to the game let's do it let's get back to it next question uh, who sam gets this first what does it feel like to live in a world built for normal sized people feels nice i feel generally speaking where i go about my life things are built with my body type and size Maybe to the exclusivity of some some other people, but but generally I feel spatially accepted in in most of the places I go. I do have a step stool to reach some high things. I was gonna say I really like this question because I think we're both on the extremes of it. Of like I'm taller than the average, Sam's pretty short. I'm saying that to not to hurt you, not just that to, to point out. Well, you mean you know. You're just a little shorter than the average, I think, right? At least like in Sweden, you're you below that, the average. That picture of you holding me like a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my answer to this is it's fucking sick to live in a world that's built for normal-sized people because I'm a god. I'm a god. <laughs> Even on airplanes. Even on, like there are countries I could go to where people would just worship me. <sighs> like that's an incredible power. To, I might never do it. But the fact that I can have a midlife crisis and be like, you know what? I'm just going to go to this country where the average height is five five 
and like people will not know what to do with me and it will be even more absurd and i like even on airplanes or buses there they'd be like what, what do we do with him we didn't build this for him that's inc- that's just an incredible power to have it's fucking amazing it's dope are airplanes a bummer sure immortality would be a bummer for gods in some way like there's always a drawback i'll take it it's amazing Egan gets the point for that answer because and that's that's pure pizzazz i thought it was going a different direction and, and it went it zigged where i thought he was gonna zag fantastic it's just the benefit of being a tall a tall man uh, yeah yeah we're just, we're just set yeah we just we're given we were just born this way we're just born better than anybody else it's, a, it's incredible i would recommend it next question no uh for keegan how are the qualities of someone you date how did that change between college and now serious question yeah that's a serious question that's a serious question um well i think the i think part of the problem is i don't think they've changed enough you know like and that's not to insult anyone i i don't think anyone i've dated really listens to this podcast but if you have like i don't really have regrets over anyone i've dated at all i just think like now it's maybe more apparent in hindsight why certain things didn't work some of that was was most of that i would say was certainly me and some parts of it have been like other people, but it's a two-way street. I think now my, I think I was, I mean, to be frank, like, I think I was kind of a late, like, late bloomer, you know, just like, I was a really awkward kid until I was a, basically a sophomore in college, more or less. Censored, 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 too soft, too personal, ha ha ha, nobody cares, your internet doesn't even work, censored. Oh no. Do we lose him again? Yes, he has gone bye-bye. He's Shit. gone again. He's on a good roll. He was on a good roll. This guy's got to get his internet figured out in Chicago. Probably didn't follow the instructions putting together the router. Got him good. He deserves it. What a loser. Figure it out. This is why you're alone. Bring and it on. welcome back. For those of you that don't know, our, not our, my internet cut out in the middle of that episode. So we have postponed it. We're back. Next night, shout out to Judge and fellow contestant, gracious guest, Dr. Golden, for uh, making it work for the night, and we're just going to pick up where we left off. Nick, take it away. No Judge. funny business. We're jumping right back in. The question is to you, Keegan, how have the qualities of someone that you date changed between college and now? Changed between college and now? Yeah, I, I gave a deeply personal, vulnerable answer yesterday after taking some time and thinking about it. And by the grace of God, taking my internet internet out, I've decided to, to go back on it, give a little bit of a different answer, a little more straightforward. I just think when I was in college, I had a very, I, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic in a lot of ways. And I think I look at this, the chemistry or that special sauce, whatever it is, as something that's super important. Uh, but I think I defined that, I think I had a very simplistic view of that in college. You know, I think now I realize that there's actually just a lot of forms that that can take. There's not one version of that that exists and i think you know different iterations of that see different uh, different emphasis in different areas and so i think i'm learning to kind of prioritize which of those areas are more important to me so i don't know i think listening and communication are up there for me and i think back in the day it was just like you know everyone i had chemistry with was was my soulmate and i think that's you know probably why it turned out so fucked up sam rebuttal and, and so goddamn handsome boom I, I don't I don't totally disagree. I uh listening to Keegan's first answer that will will be erased forever. Um I was surprised actually by how similar our answers were gonna be. Um so let me just add more to, to his answer that 
I think similarly to Keegan, when I was starting in college, I felt that anyone that liked me, that I liked, was, was the one. Someone that I could talk to, that I could have fun with, and that liked me, that was it. And I think that I've grown in that I would add that those things are all important, but I also now know that I need someone that I can feel proud of, that I believe can support me, that I believe can grow with me. Um, and I think something that's really big is that can, can navigate conflict with me. I had a couple of relationships that seemed pretty good until things got tough. And then when they got tough, they really blew the fuck up. Um, so someone that I can navigate conflict with, I think is, is pretty important to me too. But someone that, that can support me, I wasn't looking for that in college. I just wanted to have fun. You guys, they were both good answers. And in the spirit of the game, you're both getting half a point for this because, you know, it, to me, and I'm the fucking judge, so no appeals. I know both of you too well to, to dock a point from you when I, when I love growth and I've seen this growth. So that's a split half-half, which also splits to no points awarded. Keegan is still up six to five. Next question, a follow-up in the similar theme to Sam first. Do you master the do I masturbate? That's correct. Regularly. Keegan? I would say frequently, above average. Let's go on to Sam. Next question. And well, again. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I'll let that go. Well, hold on, actually. <laughs> I, want, I, want to, I want to know if regularly is a proper, is an acceptable answer for that if it's a lie. Do you, I, I, do you masturbate regularly? You live with your girlfriend. Frequently, yes. Still despite where? having probably more than she would Did you say where? prefer. Yes. Where? Great question. In the bathroom, usually, if she's in the house, sometimes, on the DL. And um, all over the place when she's out of the house. Hmm. You, you don't to, believe I, me? <laughs> no, she, was yeah, gone I, for, she was gone for two days the other day. I think I masturbated, like, four well, or five. Well, I mean, if she's gone, times. yeah, it's, I'm not like, I don't, I don't suspect that her ghost is haunting the house, preventing you from masturbating, but I don't know. I just, I have professional experience with that. I know, I know that Nick went to a, went to the kitchen once to, to jerk off. What? Once? Different. Different Nick. Different Nick. Far more or, than once. You go anywhere that you're far away. I went to the basement to jerk Thankfully, off. Thankfully, I have the bathroom, but the kitchen straight. is not enclosed. It's I open. think this is a question that was, you know, answering second puts your girl disadvantage, and I'll accept that. That's the way the game works. We can move that's, on. To be honest, that is, that's part of it, you know? Sometimes yeah, it's absolutely. bad. I mean, we can start a tally. If it means we talk more, Sam, then yeah, I'm all for it. Tally her up. <laughs> I'd love to have right. you guys just getting really close because you're having a competition over who can masturbate more. Yeah. I'll get back to you in a week. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was going to go behind the veil of why I chose Sam for that, but Let's just no move need. on. It's, no important, it's important for me to yeah, look maintain some. Yeah. There is logic. There's method to the madness. Yeah, um, sure. well, I'll just say that I was thinking about something else when you were talking about your dirty corner earlier. This uh, true. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole dark yeah. history for me. But yeah. Front row uh, seat so for that. This is really just a corner that is too dirty and my cat should not be going in there. I, I don't know how much Nick would masturbate per day when we were in college, but I could give you a rough estimate of per semester. <laughs> you definitely could. 
It's from Nick's Dirty <laughs> Corner. That's true. Uh, I wonder how close that estimate would be. Either way, moving on, and this is all within theme. The four. Yeah. Keegan, why does it feel nice to be mean? We're all looking for banter, Nick. You know, I'm actually, I'm probably the worst person to possibly ask this question. This is the, I thought about this for years. I, in eighth grade, had a huge crush on a girl in my class, and I just had no fucking idea how to talk to her. And so I was just mean. I was just mean. And I thought I was like a friendly mean, but I don't think I was because like she, I think she probably still holds a grudge against me for, for being, you know, I think I was a bully. And I think in my head, I was like, well, we're bantering, we're flirting. And, and it felt good. It felt great. And clearly that was the wrong feeling. Why did, why did it feel good? It felt great because we were bantering. It was, there was back and forth, you know, it felt, it feels great. feels, it's not that fun to be nice to people. It's very fake. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, it's good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Boo. Couple squares. Oh, look at you, you old dog. You smell like a fart. Oh, well, you smell like two farts, you old so-and-so. I mean, you guys tell me who's a better friend. You smell like two farts, you old so-and-so. Sam, a rebuttal? Yeah. Um, so I think I'll put my therapist cap on here. So Sigmund Freud, if you've heard of that name, would probably say that, did say in his, in his drive theory, explaining motivation, human motivation, that there are two primary instincts. One is sex, which we've covered. Not enough. Eventually through masturbation. The other is aggression. It's a, it's a primary motivating factor in human, in animals, species in general, but, but it's present in humans. I think there's a lot more that has developed after that, but you know, right here, drive, first one. Props. <laughs> Just accepting props. I mean, that's, that's fair, I guess. Point, point, Sam. You think that's it factor? That's, that's, that's zest. Props. Uh, that gets Sam his first lead of the day at six to five. Um, I believe. I had uh, seven to six. Sorry. Good right. for the mug, baby. Excellent answer. The next question goes to Sam. Uh, Sam, how much money do we have? Ballpark. When you and mom pass, sh what should I expect? Wait. When when who passes? When you and mom. When me and mom pass. <laughs> um, hopefully, it will be for it. It'll, it won't be for some time, and we'll have some money because right now I am on unemployment and I have student loan debt. So very much negative money. Uh, Keegan to you. Uh, it's an irrelevant question because I'll never die and you'll get nothing. Point Keegan. That gets us to seven, seven that no one really knew what to do with that question, but, I, but you got to judge accordingly, you know? Sorry, I'm poor. The next question, this one is. Was my answer confusing? You got the point. I would not. I would, just, not uh, just, I would not argue. <laughs> you got the. I'm point. not arguing. I'm just. I'm just confirming. I'm just. I'm just making sure that my mind was understood. I'm in. The, I'm not in this for the points. I'm in this for the integrity of the game, as you can clearly tell. Integrity might not get you the mug. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see. Keegan, Greta Gerwig or Greta Thunberg? In what context? All you get is the be, question. This be fucked up. I can give you the context uh, of who these people are. Greta Gerwig, director and writer of Lady Bird, amongst other movies. Yeah. Thunberg. 
Small. I'm going to go Greta, Greta Thunberg. I know who Greta Thunberg is, Nick. Thanks Fair. so much. Um, uh, I'm going to go Greta Thunberg in that we know that Greta Gerwig is, a, is already a fantastic director, but I, I don't know how old Greta Gerwig is, but I'm going to assume like between late 20s in which would hugely um, humble me or like early 40s, higher, higher, higher. Okay, 37. I kind of suspected she's that. 37. 37. I was, I was going to say between 30 and 40. We kind of know what she's going to do. Uh, Greta Thunberg, obviously environmental activist, trying to save the world. She's also like, is she 18 yet? She could still be, she could still be a great director. Like her whole, we have no idea what she's capable of yet. We know that Greta, Thur like, you know, Greta Gerwig isn't going to save the world anytime soon. She's just stuck to directing movies, but this other Greta, mm. she's got some real potential. She could be an actress. When I was 16, I thought that I was going to be, probably thought I was going to be an environmental science major. And now I refuse to recycle. So things change. Not really listening to Greta Thunberg. Sam. That's not, that's not the point of the question. Greta Thunberg or Greta Gerwig? I have, I have nothing to add. That's a point Greta, for Keegan. Greta Thunberg. I, I agree, but... I haven't seen Lady Bird, and Keegan said all the good points that I know of of Greta Thunberg. First of all, Lady Bird's a great movie. I should probably watch it. I loved Lady Bird. I also mm -hmm. love Little Women. I haven't seen Francis Ha, but I've heard it's great. With Timothy, I the seen, little I haven't seen Little Woman. Yeah, dude, Little, little Women was my movie of the man, year last Timothy year. Mick I know, yeah, I know. I need to see it. I need to see it. I, I know. Timothee Chalamet, of course. Chalamet. The boy, right? The boy. The, the boy. boy. The lady. The boy. All right, next one. This is a long one, so I want you guys to hold, buckle up, all right? And you got to listen carefully because there's a lot of, there's a lot in it. I believe this one's going to Sam first. Okay. Sam, there's a family of raccoons that lives in the roof above my bedroom. The sounds okay. they make stomping and scratching around up there are terrifying. I've done absolutely everything I can think of. Had handyman come, boarded up every conceivable hole to the roof, blasted music from inside, sprayed the shit that the internet says will help. None of it worked. I still hear them scratching around like the Babadook every night. What do I do? Move? I was going to say either burn your house down, um, maybe direct your farts, channel your farts into a vacuum-sealed tube up into your attic. I hear raccoons. Um, they like garbage, but not farts. Common misconception. Um, if you tie 100,000 balloons to your house like up, I think that the rac that raccoons might, might jump ship. I don't think they like flying either. That's, that's all I got. Hire an exterminator. I, I, I don't do this sort of thing. Plenty of options. Keegan, what should he do? Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I could spend a lot of time poking holes in every, not in every, most facets of Sam's arguments, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just focus on my argument because I think it's a simple and incredibly effective. You move, but you're moving in with the squirrels. You just move into the attic with them, okay? You move up there, you bring your stuff, you start to spread out for long, they're gone. You, you leave someone downstairs so they don't take over the house. That's a huge part of this plan. But other than that, it accomplishes all the things you want. You're funneling your farts in there because you're, fart, you're, you're hot fart boxing the whole place. And you just show them what a terrible roommate you are, and eventually they go. I need a, re I need a recess to think. Were they raccoons or squirrels? They're raccoons, but we're going to let it slide. I didn't see any mental lapse. World. I have to go point Sam, but it was close. Keegan. Fuck! I'm back. What's an animal you think would taste good but isn't acceptable to eat? Easy. Street rat. 
Say more. I mean, what I'm viewing this question as is, is not only what's something that is not socially acceptable to eat, but you'd want to eat. I'm thinking about it a step further. I'm thinking about this as, well, how do I look at things that I want to eat, that I can eat, that are socially acceptable for me to eat? Like, I think once you realize you can eat an animal and it's socially acceptable to do so, you look at that animal a different way. So like when I see a gross shit covered pig, I'm like, wow, that pig is covered in poop, but I still love to eat bacon or ham or any pig product, really. I want to go into the subway in New York City and see a giant rack like in the subway sludge and be like, hmm, that could feed me for an entire weekend, you know? Think of how different our lives would be. If, you, if suddenly the rats were the prey, that's what we need. Right now it's king rat. We need it to be king man, king human. Or woman, or they, or them. King, king human, or king woman. <laughs> Sam, your rebuttal. What's an animal? Good luck bringing back the bubonic plague with that one. But uh, I think a, a panda is the first animal that came to mind. A, a panda, I would never eat a panda. <laughs> They're cuddly and adorable and, uh, you know, I think endangered or close to it. Would never eat a panda, but... My God, look, they're so, look at all that stuff on a panda. I think it would be good eating. I'd like to taste some of that. Maybe a little fatty, but you cook that right. Mm. Good answers. I'm going Keegan because Keegan gave a larger, uh, larger context. I also just want to say, um, before you start slandering rats, the last case of the bubonic plague, it's in groundhogs and marmots. So I want to just check your facts on that one, Sam. Rat, the rat of the prairie, if you will. I didn't have the benefit of researching these questions in advance i didn't that's just that's just common knowledge panda panda is an interesting one though they might taste good but rat i i just think i think rats are so far on the socially unacceptable because of the bubonic plague that believing that they taste good which they probably do they're like small and gamey just yeah i mean just like think of how different it would be if, if it was like rodents if our answer to brett was just eat the raccoons do you think raccoons would taste good? They're sort of, raccoons, I would say, are sort of exactly in the middle between panda and rat. I, I have no fucking idea what a raccoon would taste like. Well, I'm the question is, would they taste, taste good? No, oh, I think a rat, I think a rat would taste, you, I'm, you're talking about the question we just said? No, I just, yeah, I'm just making sure that we're on the same page. You did answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, you marinate that shit, you marinate, marinate it in, you know, in your hickory you know, your stone, so I don't marinate a lot of meats, but then you put a little salt pepper <laughs> on there, you rub it in, you rub it in real hard. I mean, it's, you tell me that meat's not going to taste good, Nick. That's fair. I think that's why New York City is so expensive, is they expect people to save money on food by e- eating rats. On the Maybe. There's also the point that rats are, they're becoming more and more identical to the neighborhoods they live in based on the food they eat. So like, let's say you're feeling a certain type of rat, you go to Chinatown, you know, the rats eating all the Chinese food, you know, different areas that's they found it out that the rats in chinatown are growing differently than the rats in little italy you know or koreatown or the meatpacking district i mean it's it's based on the type of restaurants in that area different than you know than crown heights different kind of rats you do you think, that, you do you think the else. rats feel as divided as our country do you think they let these petty divisions come between the greater good like we do every day rats have been along and have been on top for so long i think they're they've got something figured out you know do conservative or liberal rats taste better? Oh, great question. Follow up. Do you think conservative or liberal people taste better? This is, that's a great question. I think, I mean, look, 
I, there's no way to answer this without making a sweeping generalization, but there, there is a, in certain parts of our country, people are just bigger. And those parts of the country tend to lean conservative. And I think that they would taste delicious. I want a little, I want, I don't want like the vegan runner, you know, it's no fun. There's nothing there. No, I break a tooth. I already lost my, my panda argument. So I would say that I think lean protein would feel, would taste better. This wasn't on the agenda. So I'm not awarding points for the record. This is just in the name of science. Right. Yeah. And also, also eat the rich. Eat the rich, sure. Eat the rich would mean different things in different eras, you know, like I just, back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I saw, I saw you thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. It also means both now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next question, I believe this goes to Sam first. Yes. Sam, do you think more people are going to the dentist because they're wearing masks that make them smell their own breath? Preface, are, are we assuming that it's true that pe more people are going to the dentist? Is that a true statement? Uh, you're quick. <laughs> you're quick. No, I think right now, do we think more people are, or maybe let's say, do you think more people are considering going to the dentist because they're, they're smelling their own breath? They're smelling their own breath. I'd say no, because, you know, the mask, smelling the breath, maybe that gets you a little bit more intimately associated with what's going on inside your mouth, but also there's a pandemic that's causing the masks that is preventing people from doing a lot of face-to-face -face interactions with other people. And I think, you know, getting someone up in my mouth would be pretty big potential corona exposure. Um, I don't know. I don't have dental. I haven't been to the dentist in two years. So based on my own personal experience, sample size one, people are not going to the dentist more frequently. You're your own dentist. I floss once every two weeks. Infrequently by dentist standards. <laughs> Keegan, your answer. Uh, I'm gonna agree with Sam. I do not think people are going, but I think it's for a, it's for a, a simpler on some levels. The dentist just hurts, you know? I just, I don't have any faith speaking generally about our country right now. If, if we can, if we can't make the connection between, you know, don't want virus, wear a mask, how are we supposed to make the connection between, you know, if that wearing the mask is inconvenient and hot, which it is, it sucks. How are we going to make the connection between wear a mask, smell my own breath? It stinks. How am I supposed to make, if I can't, we can't make the first connection, how am I going to make the second connection? My breath stinks. I'll go to the dentist. I'm just going to brush my tongue harder, you know, until it's raw. Like that time in high school, I brushed my teeth for 45. I watched two episodes of Seinfeld for a party, just brushed my teeth the whole time, trying to make them whiter and scratch my, my gums peeled off. Didn't you, you, you ended up bleeding a lot, right? My gums peeled off. This is my second set of gums. Yeah. Don't take your first one for granted. Also, I had the coronavirus early and I can't smell still. So I haven't experienced this bad breath in the mask thing because I just, I can't smell. How's your taste? It's mostly together, but subtle tastes. You know, Jess likes to, make, to bake like subtle sweets and stuff. And I'm like, no, I need it to be very sugary or very spicy right. or very you, you want a cosmic brownie you need a cosmic you need a honey bun sure you know we got to figure out how to get your sense of smell back i went to the doctor he said get an mri and see if it's a neurological problem and if it is maybe they'll have something they could potentially do about it but he didn't seem very confident and i didn't want to get an mri so. that's fair uh that point still goes to keegan Next question. Uh, this comes to you, Keegan, first. 
Mm-hmm. Why does it seem like people in the 20th century had hobbies, but today I don't know anyone with hobbies other than golf dudes who can suck my dick from the back? <laughs> yeah. Um, the only way it, people do have hobbies, it's just like it's a, you know, not, I'm not talking about the question giver at all. I just think it's not a very good question. I just think people have, I think you need to just look more broadly at what people consider hobbies these days. Like, do I know many people who like consider woodworking a hobby? Like, no, I'm not living in the time of the Patriot, you know, like no one's making rocking chairs anymore. Cause that's just a job that people need. Like that's a, that now is a job, but I think you can look at what anybody else is doing. and like, it's a hobby. You know, I think part of the difficulty is I think hobbies typically are regarded as more private like something you bring up and I'm still in the habit of asking people what their hobbies are because I'm a fucking lame 40 year old. But um, I think the fact of the matter is, is like our hobbies are so public at this point because of social media, you know? So like, I think people really into exercise. That's a hobby. You know, I think people really into, you know, restoring bikes or ma- I know people who like make skis, you know, or make tables, stuff like that. Um, like this would be considered a hobby, but people probably don't view it as, that because we're just like fucking publishing on social media all the time and they're like well that's just what those guys do they just fucking they just make you know podcasts about everything and nothing um so i guess to my answer would be you're just not looking hard enough or well enough sam because of the internet we are all on our way towards becoming the humans in the movie wally sitting in our chairs strapped to a TV that brings us around and does everything for us. And of course, you need someone to captain the ship that we're on. You need a mechanic to fix some of those things or to direct the robots to fix them. But for the most part, you don't really need that stuff. Creativity is not so promoted because we're all in our thought bubbles on the internet because of the internet. It's shrinking. All of my hobbies are internet-based. That's a point for Keegan. Sam, that's a that's a that's a sad outlook you know i thought you were ne- your fucking oh, wally reference it. though i really thought that was i know you know i love wally mother, so that that could have fucker that really could have been I saw, that, I saw that fucking move from the start fucking wally reference the next one sam goes to you and this one uh i will say i think you have an advantage on this question even though you've never seen it why the fuck does nick hate queso because you hate cheese keegan well, Nick hates queso. This is a this is a hard one for me to answer because I want to fight with the judge so badly on this. I'm not going to start. But you know what? This game is about integrity, so maybe I will at the end. But it's because you saw your I'm, your cousins are are little animals, right? They're little. They're they're like they should just be covered in fur, and they were scooping queso out and licking it off with their hands, and that would be disgusting to anyone. I think queso is a you know maybe we'll touch on this in a future episode. I think queso you know, is an idea that, that should be loved, but it's just, people have to realize you can love it, but it's an idea that, that can go, um, can go awry very quickly. And that's why you hate queso, Nick. Yeah. So this one's hard for me to judge because Keegan has the direct knowledge of that story, but I am going to give the point to Sam and here's why. Sam is the Bernie Sanders of this point. For ever, for years and years and years, he's been hitting on a single message. Nick hates cheese. Which isn't true. I really like cheese. You like chocolate more than cheese. I do like chocolate more than cheese. It doesn't mean I hate cheese. Close enough. Okay. But I'm giving that's fine. Sam I only the point do because like that's, 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 that's fine. I just, I just want to be, that's fine. I just want to be absolutely clear to the audience that Nick just awarded Sam the point for getting the answer wrong. 
for giving blatantly the wrong answer. That's that's what just happened. I Do you want to go over the criteria clear. again of how uh, I judge? Maybe maybe I was mistaken in that. Clarity of argument, I mean, relevance, zazz, zest, pizzazz, joie de vivre, and zazz. I'll add zazz. Right, and joie de vivre is right. You know, it's, we're, that's not really defined, which is fine. I I agree to these terms. Before. I'm sprinkle some of that. Not arguing with this. This is and not number this three. Is not a plea. It factor slash whether I like it. Right. Right, and the it factor slash fact you liked it is because it was the wrong answer, which is fine. Again, this is not an official protest. I've already issued one today, and it's been, air quotes, and it's been, it has been, and it's been denied. denied. So I just, I just want to make sure that everyone is aware of the fact that, that, Sam, that Nick just awarded points for giving the wrong answer. I just want to point that out. That's fine. I'm not embarrassed about it. We're moving on to a multimedia question. This one comes from a call-in guest. Uh, can we say his name? No, we will use no. his code name. Well, that's what I meant. Can I use his code name? Oh, yes. yes, I don't know his real name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Only you know that. Agent Red has called in with a voicemail, and he would like a response. The first, uh, Keegan, you're the first to respond, then Sam. I want to let it be known the score right now is 11 to 9 in Keegan's favor, and this is, we have four more questions. Got it. Here's the voicemail. Um. Got a question for you. It's kind of similar to one I've asked in the past, but I guess you could say things have heated up uh, in this category. Uh, I'm in a crossroads where I feel like I'm really looking at the structure of my life and what I choose. So I love all the advice and wisdom you can provide me. Um, essentially, the two sides of the road are chasing me professionally and trying to make it overseas, or two, basically giving up and sticking to my career that I have right now and settling down. Uh, Precious and I was saying I know for a fact I'm not ready to go along and I want to go live a life of experience and go and see so many things I want to go see and I think that we can provide that. But obviously, what happens if I never make it? Thanks. So to to reiterate the, the question, or the scenario. Agent Red says he signed a, a contract for, for Major League Rugby, I believe is MLR, or some sort of professional uh, rugby league. I think he's choosing, he's choosing between them. Oh. So he's... So, uh, yeah, he, he has an option to play rugby professionally overseas, but his significant other does not want him to, right? More or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not overseas, but... I, oh, I see where you're getting confused. I think he's saying that he signed a contract for, you know, professional rugby. It's in the United States, but I think he's saying that could grow into something overseas. Uh, So the question is basically if his girlfriend doesn't want him to follow that dream and wants to, you know, settle down into a career and a a nine to five versus his much more uncertain, but potentially possible dream of making it in rugby, perhaps having to move. What does he do? Is there a point where he gives up? and says, you know what, I've, I've given this a good college try, or do you say, fuck it, and go all in? Keegan? Well, first of all, uh, you know, I'm at an advantage here. I, I think I would have given the same, adv- you know, same answer had I heard it, you know, this second or earlier, because I'm pretty cut and dry just on this, but I am at an advantage in that I have played rugby with Agent Red, and I know his skill level, et cetera, and I, you know, followed his career, so I can comment on that. I'll just say right off the bat, Agent Red, you sound very sad. So whatever you're doing right now, I think you should not do that. Or <laughs> like, because you don't sound up. We want you to, we want to get you back up. And my, I think what I want to say is, 
you're absolutely talented enough to play major league rugby since you've got this contract super young for context. I think agent red is 23, maybe 24 tops. Um, and so without getting any more specifics on it, I just think, you know, you could be the, you could be the worst rugby player in the room. You know, you could have never played rugby before. And if you came up to me at 23 and were like, Hey, uh, this is something that I've dreamt about and I want to do. I would say you absolutely need to go do that. You know, like, uh, it happens that that example is rugby for me, but I didn't start playing rugby until I was 22, you know, and I had lofty dreams for it as well. And I'm too old and I'm, you know, now I'm not learning at the speed at which you need to learn to play super competitive rugby. And that's fine. But I think like you can reinvent yourself at any moment, at any moment you can reinvent yourself. And so you could have never touched a ball before and you could say, I want to play professional rugby and I'd tell you to go for it. And that isn't speaking poorly to like anything about your girlfriend or anything like that. Like, I think we've all, been, or I know I've at least speak for myself been in relationships where you know the other person has these ambitious goals that I know or I'm scared will um will mean that I'm not a possibility anymore you know like their world will be will be bigger than just me and there's a selfish part of of me that always felt like uh like I didn't want to lose that person so I've been in that in those shoes of like well if you just took a nine to five and then we could have our thing that would be great and that's you know that's okay to want but I think, you know, unless, unless you, unless this girlfriend is serious enough where you where like, that's a life choice in itself, you know, where it's like this person brings out some, cause what we're talking about here is like feeling fulfilled in a way where in 10 years or 20 years, you're going to look back and, and feel like you, you did the right thing. And so if that person fulfills you in that way, where you're going to, where, you know, there's a, there's a hole inside of you that that's filled up then I would do what you need to do to stay in that. But if rugby is that thing and you're going to live with this question, then go, just go for it. You know, I'm 20, you know, I like, I make it just it doesn't turn out that badly. You know, if you go for it, if you go for it and you don't make it, then it sucks, but you figure it out. You'll make connections. Like it's whatever. So I've talked for too long. I'm so I probably took all the points that Sam was going to make. So I'd, I'd ask that Sam is allowed to make similar points on this one because I, it was a broad, I put giving advice to my friend over following the rules of the game on this. And so granted. I think. Granted, Sam. I, I do for a minute when you were talking and talking and talking, I thought about just playing devil, devil's advocate here and, and saying to give up on your dreams. But I, I can't, I just couldn't think of a, a way to, to make that argument. I, I, I agree with Keegan here, although it pains me. I think that the key phrase couldn't even really hear most of the recording was confused by a lot of this blurb that is or is not overseas is or is not professional rugby. I don't know how long this relationship has been, but when you say that I'm 22, 23 years old, I have a dream and should I give up on it? Then the answer is no. The answer is no. You know, in, in psychology and therapy, there's this thing called locus of control. You have an internal or external locus of control. It's basically like, what is dictating your life? Are you the driving, motivating factor of your life? Or are you at the whim of your circumstances and situation? And I think the more you feel like you don't have control, which in this case, playing this out would be you know, I just got to get a nine to five. I just got to follow society. I got to stick with my current girlfriend and what, and what she demands. I mean, he doesn't have a kid, does he? 
with this girlfriend. He's not engaged to her or married to her. So not saying you even have to end the relationship, but if you are letting that dictate, you know, your dream, your biggest life decision in this moment for you, then you're never going to be happy with it. You know, even if you're happy in the relationship uh, for everything else, if you gave up on your dream, that's going to linger. That's going to find a way to weasel through the rest of the relationship, the other things that are good. I, I agree with you very much, Keegan, that if it was a different decision, just the same decision phrased differently, like, hey, I'm actually choosing that I really love this person so much that I want to stay here and settle down and get a career and not follow this thing that I otherwise would have really liked, I would say, go for it. But if, if the phrasing is what it is, which is I'm going to give up on this right now, you're not going to be happy with that. You guys both did a really good job. You know what? I'm give those points to Sam. Give I was. Sam. I am going to give them to Sam. And the the bringing in of the language, uh, breaking that down, obviously bringing in his professional experience. Just yeah. But I gotta say, kudos to both. Both would have gotten an applause. Um, and Big I, Red, you know, I hope yeah. I hope that's helpful because even for me, someone who's just a regular game show judge. It's it was it was clarifying. Just a guy who loves judgment and pasta. I, I want to throw one last thing in, kind of regardless of how the points are going. Um, big red, and I also want to say, like, I agree with Sam, doesn't mean you have to end the relationship, but I also think when you just in terms of looking at relationships, like ultimatums are never good. And so, you know, moving forward with whatever you're choosing here, like whether you decide to play rugby, and I'm sure that will bring up difficult conversations that hopefully go okay. But if they don't, you know, I think it's important to remember, like, who is the person, you know, we talked about this, you know, 10 minutes ago about what we want in a person. And I think Sam had a really good point on that, which is just, uh, you know, someone who supports you. And so if your dream is to go play rugby, and you can say that to that person and communicate that clearly, I, I think if they don't, if they are so worried about losing you or whatever, I don't want to actually like put circumstances or decisions, or I don't know this person at all. But if they don't want you to do that for whatever reason and they're not willing to go through that with you, then I think that is maybe a telling sign for you to think about whether that's the, the, the person or the type of person you want to be with. Um, and I would say the exact same thing if, if it was her calling us about you. You know, like I, would, you know, I think there's a, there's a stereotype out there of like the clingy girlfriend that I think is super unhealthy and, and wrong. And like, I don't think that, I just think it's when you're, it's a two-way street. I think you want to support the person that you're with and you want to feel supported by that person. And if they're making ultimatums at 23 um, for whatever reason it is, then like, I think that that's a sign to maybe look, you know, have a conversation or look deeply at the relationship. I'm done. I would, I would, I'm just the judge. I would only add one, you know, we had a friend in college who, who once made a rash decision about breaking up with someone due to what he believed was an ultimatum or that how could this situation go anywhere else but an ultimatum? And they never really talked about it, and he really regretted it. They ended up getting back together, so it was all right. But uh, yeah, just try. You got to communicate because you never know where someone else's head's really at. Maybe you have, but I just wanted to make sure. I'll never forget that in college when someone was like, "Well, you made this decision. Like, did you guys talk about it?" And our friend was just like, "No." <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you have no idea then where yeah. anyone stands. And hearing you say that, actually, Nick, I'll, I'll add one more thing. It's going to take twenty seconds. Agent Red, I've been in your, actually, kind of think of it, in your exact situation, I almost made some very rash decisions my year after college on where I was going to live and dreams that I was going to abandon for someone that didn't support me and didn't have my back. 
and it uh, it was extremely difficult. But you know, now look at me. I hate her, <laughs> and I hate her. Uh, that if, person. If I she's a con if she's a consistent listener, um, I'm actually impressed by that, and we can talk about what I just said. But I don't think you are. The next question. And, great and Nick does hate you. Oh, Nick I hate, does you. hate you. I'm not sure they particularly liked ever liked me, but I hate them. You, you didn't. Said, I didn't make that decision. I moved, by the way. I didn't. I just want to make it clear what I did. I did not stay. Yeah, you made the. You made. The I just right. want to make it clear how that. You know, it, it became clear to me that I didn't actually say whether I stayed or went, and I went. I went. I followed my dreams. It was the move. Now I'm Instagram famous. And now you're Instagram famous. Everything worked out. You're Instagram famous, like you, like I you run, always. I wanted. run a game show that I also compete in. <laughs> yep, like you always wanted. Sam, the you're next question. <laughs> the locus of control. I mean, that hits Sam. That hits different. Yeah. The locus does. of control because it doesn't really matter what you're doing if you feel like you're the driving force in your life. That'll help. What if you're the driving force in your life and you're just, you're, you're just out of control. Like, it just, off you're just like, because I know I'm in control of my life. Like I'm the one deciding where the wheel's going, but the tires are, you know, like, <laughs> you don't love like, where, what, is there a term for that? Like I'm hitting like branches are coming through the windshield, you know, headlights aren't on. I, I think we'd have to spend some more time. I think we should spend some more time. <laughs> I'm happy to do so. Sorry, Nick. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. This is all. This is all on topic and great. The next question, Sam. You may not have listened to a few of our past episodes. In, in which case, get out. We had a big conversation about a soda called Big Red. We had a conversation about how weird it is to name a soda after a very popular gum or somewhat popular gum and how other things are also called Big Red. There's a cake, there's a soda, there's also, of course, Wrigley's Big Red Gum. The question is, well, the assertion is we have to normalize Big Red Soda. What other thing do we need to normalize? What's something else? Probably would have helped if I listened to this episode. I listened to a couple recently. Um, well, there's 70, 76 of them, based, so I'd call like, me impressed. Based on the names? No, 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 no. Just, 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 an ob just a thing in the world that we need to normalize. Any, anything. We know, it, it is a fact that we need to normalize Big Red Soda. What is something else that we need to normalize? You could probably just give Keegan the point for this one, but what's coming to my mind is Mountain Dew. I just remember so distinctly in was it middle school or early high school that I was told that if I drank, was this in the, was this in the episode? No, no, yeah. I haven't thought about okay. this in, in many years. I'm interested to see if that, Keegan has also that, heard this rumor. If I drank Mountain Dew, my sperm count was going to go down and I was never going to be able to have babies if I drank Mountain Dew. And I, I don't even remember what Mountain Dew tastes like anymore because that rumor has gotten me so far away from Mountain Dew that I, I wouldn't even think about it. Um, it sounds like a, it's like a knockoff Sprite, I guess. I don't even know anymore. Um, and I, I think that that's probably an unfair determination. Even if it's true, I think lots of things lower our sperm count nowadays, so. Keegan? Before I give my answer, I just wanna quickly bounce off that and say one, 
how many teenagers do you think used teenage boys used Mountain Dew for abs for birth control, not abstinence or abstinence, either or. <laughs> yeah, both it could work both ways. <laughs> and two, I conspiracy. I know we said we weren't going to do segments this week. Conspiracy theory of the week. Okay, the whole Mountain Dew lowers your sperm count thing. I mean, that was put together by your parents. Okay, by the bourgeoisie. That was by them to convince us that not only could we not have sex, but it was also they knew we wanted to have sex. They Video games were bad. They thought video games were causing all these school shootings. It was like, we got to scare these kids off of, uh, off of Mountain Dew with the one thing we know how, which is we're in the area of Teenage Moms. That was that TV show, right? Teen Mom, or, yeah. You know, teen Mom, yeah. So not of my answer. We have to normalize pooping your pants, pooping yourself. Absolutely, 100%. I almost gave its answer away earlier when I was talking about it. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say. It's, I feel like peeing your pants, people are like kind of feel bad for you. They're like, oh, like something, you, are you okay? Or you can laugh so hard you pee your pants. And then it's really funny. You know, I think one of the funniest videos I've seen on the internet, internet is guys making themselves pee their pants, which look, maybe that speaks to my sense of humor or a certain facet of my sense of humor. That's hilarious. But I've seen someone poop their pants. Like I'm legitimately, I think they, there's something deeply, deeply wrong with them. Um, and so while I'm worried about the consequences of that, you know, like we're just going to, people are just being smelling like poop all the time. It's also fair to say like, well, it's a little more normalized to pee your pants, but people just don't smell like pee all the time. This is also coming from someone who's, who, you know, has maybe pooped their pants more than a normal person. Yeah. Should we talk about how much? Don't need to, but I'm pants. not ashamed of it either. Yeah, to normalize I'll, it. I'll help you. Yeah, with to normalize I, it. I poop my pants. Yeah. I oh, I, I poop my pants many times. I just, I'm trying to, I was thinking the other day when the last time I pooped my pants was, and I think it was probably about a year ago, maybe. Never wasn't mind. this morning, which I was afraid, afraid it was. I've never so anyway, that's my answer. Pants. I was on I know you're, you're not helping the stigma, Nick. I know. Well, it's true. This is another one, you guys, that's really tearing me apart. This is a, this is a really hard one to judge because Keegan brought the zest and the pizzazz. Sam really brought some, some creativity to that answer on, on the spot, you know, and it's a throwback. I think I have to give it to Sam to tie the score up at 11-11. You know, the, the creativity on that was my answer. Was pooping your pants? No, is that it was what I said about Mountain Dew. That was the whole creative part of it. Also, what do you mean? I'm not gonna. I, 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 I'm gonna save my protest. I'm gonna save my protest. I'm gonna save my protest. Poop is easy. Poop is easy. We've got two Poop's more questions, easy. you guys. It's not easy to admit you pooped your pants. It's that. That's most of the problem, Sam. See, so you're part of it. Jokes. Your problem. It. Two farts, poop jokes. Get your head out of the gutter. You're reminding us that that you know Mountain Dew lowers your sperm count. Some of us never forgot that, Nick. Was that a rumor that went around your high school, your middle school too? Yes, that's not a rumor. That was a scientific that was peddled by the by mainstream media. Yeah, well, to it stop us from playing video games. I can't believe that point just went to Sam. That's fine. I'm Sam, fine. I'm moving on. Have you ever ended a friendship, and how? Yeah, I mean, I think I've had a bunch of friendships that have ended. Have I ever ended a friendship? Um, Wait, I went first on the last question. Give the give Keegan. Oh, you're right, Keegan. Question. Have you ever ended a friendship in house? Thank you. Um, I mean, I don't think a. I mean, if I were to end one, I guess I would just. Is this like intentionally ending one? Like you're cutting someone off from being yeah. a friend? Yeah. Uh, like you've ever had ir irreconcilable differences, or someone that you just needed to say, "Look, we can't." Yeah. No, I mean, I, I. I I don't think, I don't really stick by that answer. I, I just think like, I've never told anyone I'm not gonna be a friend. I've been, I, I, I've been brutally honest to the point where I'm like, well, I don't know if that person's gonna wanna hang out with me anymore, you know? Like, I don't know, I've never really had, this is a tough one. I don't really have 
that many like differences with someone that I'm not going to be able to work. I think I'm pretty good at that, you know, of finding like common ground with people. So I, I, there are very few people I can think of like maybe one, maybe two people where I have never said like, we can't be friends or like, fuck you. I've just been like, Hey, this is something you do. That's, you know, super fucked up in, yeah, I've tried to been constructive about it, but uh, I've kind of like let them run with that. I don't know if we're not friends anymore. I, I think we are, but you know, it's, it's also tough to say like in my immediate group, so many people went to college, but they don't really like, did those friendships, like did those friendships stop because of that? Or did they just not talk as much anymore? You know? Right. Sam, do you have anything to add? Any, any, what's your response? Yeah, it's hard. It's uh, it's a little, a little blurrier, a little grayer than the black or white. I mean, I, I have, I pretty much like decided to not be friends with people before. I can think of one person in particular that I more or less like felt like he, he, he hurt my feelings and I was not happy about it. And I told him that and he was like, eh. and I was like, all right, fuck you. I don't, I don't need you in my life if that's the way that you're going to handle this. But then after a period of time of having that conversation and we just like kind of let that settle and now we're now we're friends again so do you forgive him though or did it just settle for that no it just settled and i think that our friendship is certainly different i i would not um go to him as someone that i would trust with my deep confidences i would not ask him for advice or support um but I'll play video games with him or, you know, I'd probably see him again in the future if the occasion arose. Um, but other than, other than video game friends, I've never ended a, a friendship permanently. I know we're competing right now, but I, I hate that guy. Hurts your feelings. He's dead to me. I'll I, say that's just- I hated as... him for that. I, I, yeah. The anger there has kind of dissipated, but, yeah. but uh, still no forgiveness made. If I get if I could add a one, I still hate him. If I could add a one A onto my answer, oh, um, yeah. an article, I would just say that while I may not be the king of ending friendships, I am the king of preventing friendships from starting because I am king of irrationally hating people to the point where I can just be like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I I like consciously decide not to be friends with people for some reason that like usually I make up in my head. I'm like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Fuck him. I'm not gonna be friends with him. And then of course we'll see each other. You know, I did this with a lot of people in college. Uh, who may or may not have been on rival sports teams, um, if you could call it a sport. And I was just like, yeah, no, those guys fucking suck. I would never be friends with them. And I guarantee if I saw them now, like now I'm desperate. Look at me, I'm desperate for friends. So if we saw them now, I'm sure we'd be the, you know, the best of pals. But if, I, if, if there's a way to irrationally, hatred, treat, irrationally hate you, then I'll find it. And if I want to use it, then I'll use it. I'm like Michael Jordan, that aspect of things, you know, I don't need something to actually happen between us for me to go off for 50 and like make you irrelevant for the rest of your life. That's a point I for Keegan. Create that myself. That's a point for Keegan. So you guys, we're on our last question. The, the score is 12-11 Keegan. And it goes to Sam first. Sam, show us that bod. Lighting's oh. not very good in here. It's pretty good. Oh my god. Keegan, show us that bod. Oh, I have to get the angle right. Back up a little more. Get the... Oh, all right. <laughs> 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 oh, I really, I 
really thought uh, I really thought uh, we were headed to a tiebreaker. Uh, I thought we were headed to a tiebreaker. But Keegan caps it off. I had a tiebreaker question that I've been trying to get off. But Keegan, you walked it off. It's you, kind you put, of fucked up that you just gave that to Sam before uh, we started. But I, I understand why. He's very, very handsome. He's, he's got very a very handsome midsection. But Keegan, you upped the ante. Uh, for those of you <laughs> who couldn't watch, he showed his nether regions right on the Zoom that my office pays for. <laughs> and we are recording. And record. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't hack this. Don't so, hack this. You know, all the lessons they give you about lighting, it's, you know, I've never taken any of those to heart and that didn't follow a single goddamn one of them. We saw so. it all. I thought, Sam, I thought you were, I thought it was a gimme. You're so strong. You're so hot. Keegan, you're also very strong and hot. But Sam, he's very well known for being strong and hot. Yeah, he's, a, he's on a different level. And... Uh, you went into the ninth up a run with Sam's best batters up, and you shut him down. That was, and you got the save. Uh, that was really fun, you guys. Yeah. My tiebreaker question would have been, what never fails to make you laugh? <laughs> Sam, you look dejected, and I'm sorry. I feel like such a loser. Don't. You, you really played yeah. a hard battle. You fought a hard battle. It's not your fault. It's not your it's fault. It's not your fault. That was a lot of fun. I think I, I got a lot out of it. I hope the listeners did, too. Keegs, any last final words? Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, you made this episode. You made it possible. So the fact that you, you know, you submitted your stuff, we kind of blitzed you with, with questions and harassed you over different mediums for you to submit stuff. I hope that you saw yours used. We tried to use every single one of them and we hope you enjoyed it because like, honestly, that we talking seriously for a sec, like we do this to try to be funny and uh, 1% educational for you guys. But the best part about this is always interacting with people who listen and enjoy this is the first of hopefully many we hope you listen to this and we're like oh wow okay that's the direction they went with this we want to send more stuff in we want to submit more stuff we'll ask you again we love you for submitting thank you so much um and a biggest shout out of all to, to sam coming on you know it's not easy to come on a podcast you know especially not one as esteemed as ours that puts you in the in the limelight so much um and you were honest with your answers you did a great a great showing uh, gracious competitor and you were just a great sport. So we're glad to have you on. We hope to have you back on soon. In the meantime, that was episode 77. Episode 78 coming up next. I think we've got to mention golf next week. All right. Yeah, I'll put together some thoughts on how I think I, I just we, we need to we need to listen. We need to listen back to I know we promised to do a golf thoughts update at some point. I think it might have been 78. I'm not sure. Regardless, this was episode 77. Here's the podcast. You're happy now. Nick, Sam, are you happy now? No. Nope. Are you Keegan? No. Talk to you next week. Bye! Bye.